Hello and welcome to the Edge of the Box Football Podcast, the show where we aim to challenge football convention with thought-provoking and outside-of-the-box points of view. Today we're talking about the most underrated players at Chelsea, Tottenham, Man City and Arsenal. We'll be discussing the controversy surrounding Spurs fans' continued use of the Y word, and we're also debuting a new segment, Quick Fire, Who Would You Rather Take? You know, like Messi or Ronaldo, or Haaland or Mbappe, only not nearly as boring as those. I'm your host, Harry Brent. Right, we're going to do another Who Am I? There's going to be 10 bits of information about a well-known footballer. Premier League footballer. Well, we'll find out. More than likely, but we'll find out. Okay, to begin with, first bit of information. I started my career in 1997 and made over and ended up making over 500 appearances in English football. But that wasn't the full career, I'm guessing, because you said well, English football. Otherwise, you would have said I spent my full career. Oh, Sherlock on the good. Cave. Yeah, well, this is all part of the game, isn't it? Who knows? Oh, what was that? Nine, 1997. 1997 is when he made his first senior appearance. Um, despite being a highly rated young player, I struggled to get into my national side and ended up only playing for them 18 times. So 500 appearances or 500 plus appearances in the Prem or English. English and then uh, 18 appearances international despite. So, so, yeah. So, so you've got to I, think they've got a decent national side then. So that's one of the top, top countries, you think. Right? Smart logic. Mm. I've won the Premier League, but I played arguably my best football while helping my team avoid relegation. Hmm. Hmm. Say that one again, please, Haas. So I've won the Premier League, but I played arguably my best football while helping my team avoid relegation. The fourth bit of information. Uh, I won my first four national caps while playing for four different clubs. That might not necessarily help, but I just thought it was really cool mm. to that, so I thought I'd include it. So basically, you got first cap was for one club, moved to another club, got a second cap, moved to another Can I have club. a general idea, maybe? Okay. Number five. I retired from playing in 2017 and became a manager. I'm currently in my second managerial job. Oh, ding. Go on. Scott Parker. Well done. Yeah. Scott, you were, that was good. I, I was not I was worried that was gonna be like too too fucking obscure, but nice. Yeah, as soon as as soon as you said as soon as you said 2017, and then I was like, right, I've got an idea who it might be. And then as soon as he said two managerial stints, I was like, it's gotta be this guy. Nice. Well done, bro. The ne- the next one that I thought might give it away was um which, which is kind of mad when you think about it. So he only made 18 appearances, but he won the England Player of the Year in 2011, which is quite mad. I don't, don't suppose anyone has won the Player of the Year with that few caps. We'll move on. We're going to go on to a segment basically entitled Underrated Players. So what we're going to do, we've got a Chelsea fan, an Arsenal fan, a Tottenham fan and a Man City fan here. We're going to go through... We've each been, we've each been assigned another person's team. 
And our task has been to name who we think is the most underrated player in that team. Then what we'll do after that is hear from the fan themselves and they'll give a more, more of a deeper insight into who they think is their club's most underrated player. So I had Man City. And again, like similar, I mean, it's, it's difficult with, with Man City because they're just winning all their games really easily. All their players are playing well or in good form. So it's quite hard. I think this one probably more than most is hard because everyone, you know, they're just playing so well. Now Please the take Kyle Walker has. The temptation <laughs> is to say Rodri. I'm not going to say Rodri, but I've seen that he's very popular among Man City fans. But I think if you hit, if you look online, you, you see when people talk about Rodri, the whole thing is he's underrated. He's so underrated, which in essence means he's not because people people believe that. So I think, I think he gets rated about about what's right. So I don't really I feel think... his position's underrated and what he does in the team. But I don't think he's. Underrated. Yeah. What? Yeah. Yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd say that's probably fair. Um but I've gone for Imeric Laporte. Okay, I just, interesting. I, I just think that I think that because you've got Ruben Diaz, who's the kind of stalwart in defence, and everyone champions him, and and he's the one that gets compared to Van Dijk, and he's better than Laporte. But usually, he's the kind of well, you've got John Stones, who get you've got, maybe because he's English, gets quite a lot of. I know he's had his critics in the past, but does get quite a lot of praise. I feel like Laporte kind of gets a bit forgotten by the wayside, and. As we were discussing at, during the summer, like Ash, you were saying you'd happily buy him for Tottenham. Yeah, and website and centre-back. Yeah, and, and I just, thinking about that, I was just like, you know, he would, you know, if he was starring for a for any other team in the league, he'd be their best centre-back. Um, not perfect centre-back, but, you know, there aren't many strong ones and he sort of just gets a bit, just gets a bit forgotten by, maybe not by Man City uh, fans, but certainly by everybody else, you sort of people kind of dismiss him a little bit and go, "Oh, it's just Laporte, you know, third choice centre back." But I, I personally would have said um, Gundogan. Gundogan, okay, go on, tell us about Gundogan. Gundogan. I mean, obviously, last season he had like a blinder of a season. He's arguably his best one under Pep. Uh, I feel like he's always been kind of fighting to get fit um, because he's always had like a few little uh, slight injuries here and there. But I feel like after that last season that he had, where it was obviously quite... He scored know, like bit, 40 yeah, goals or something. Yeah. <laughs> he just he just had a, like a bit of a breakthrough season, like after like, what, four or five seasons after buying him or whatever. Um, and I just think whenever, whenever I see him play, he just does the simple stuff just... Perfectly, and like he just it just adds an era of calmness for me. He's he's quite similar to Fernandinho, not obviously as physical and defensive, but I feel like he just does the right things at the right moments, and he's just got that like obviously he's got that experience, uh, and I feel like that is massively overshot, especially for the position that he's in, because obviously he's not like Fernandinho where he sits back and then obviously covers for the defense. He, he can move forward and he tracks back. He's kind of you know, he does a lot more, I'd say, than than Fernandinho um, when it comes across, like, you know, mm. the actual positioning on the pitch. So yeah, I'd say that his, his role, especially when he plays, he always just seems to be perfectly positioned, either putting the pressure on the front foot or, mm. you know, making the right passes and the simple passes, you know, when we're trying to advance forward or re- retain possession and, 
get you know attack from a different angle in a midfield that you, where you have quite a lot of yeah similar yeah. players yeah he's quite a I think he's just like reliable cog, isn't he? Yeah, and and I, I think during the time when he, I remember when he when he couldn't stop scoring, mm-hmm. I think he was getting a bit too much like people because of the goals. I don't mean that people were were overrating him as a player, but they were sort of going, oh, you know, and he's added goals to his game, like yeah, you know, it's it's it was obviously going to be a bit of a, a bit of a mad yeah. period, and it was going to go down. But I think you're right. I think there's a there's a there's a uniqueness to him that City actually really benefit from. Definitely. Um, not as he's not as sort of structurally important, I guess, as like Rodri, because he's mm-hmm. kind of the Fernandinho guy, isn't he? Really, but yeah, he he adds a bit of solidity, doesn't he? That the other sort of more creative mm-hmm. midfielders don't really give you, and they're a bit of you know, sort of they're just sort of clones. Of, I and mean, they're really good; they're all really good players. But you know, Mares, Silva, Sterling, Foden, kind of clones of each other in a way. Yeah, so it's quite nice to. He just keeps things ticking, doesn't he? Sort of like not to that level, but the shabby of that team. Yeah. Just makes the right decision, keeps the ball moving, keeps you on the front foot. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I agree like with Laporte though. Laporte's a good shout. So I've struggled quite a bit with Chelsea. I think, you know, I've uh, everyone's pretty it's pretty it's a pretty good squad, and I feel like everyone gets talked about. You know, you rotate well. Everyone has a chance to show what they can do, and it's not, you know, it's not like there's like this one gem that like really stood out to me. Um, so I thought of um, Dave, Dave Aspilqueta. Uh, yeah, obviously, I, I just think the the level he played at consistently for the time he's been there. Uh, uh, I thought it might be worth mentioning, but I've gone for um, Kovacic. Uh, yeah. I think I think he can do a bit of everything, can't he? He's um he's one of them where he's not like a glamorous player. He's not spoken about all too often, from what I can tell. You know, he's not he's not praised as much as he probably should be doing. But he's very very solid. He can he, he, he can do everything in the midfield, really. He, mm. he can play multiple positions. He can he moves well. You know, passes well, uh, defends well. You know, he got a bit of an engine on him. Can run for a bit. Uh, and yeah, that's the only one I can think of, to be honest, that I, I don't really hear raved about too often. That's um, it's quite interesting to hear because, you know, I, I feel like me and you, particularly when it comes to like the pet peeves, we do tend to think alike. And I mean, that you've literally picked the two players that I was considering. I, I've gone I've gone for the opposite. I was going to say when it comes to me, I was like honourable mention to Kovacic, but it's but it's Dave. Yeah. But I agree. I agree with you about Kovacic. I mean, he's not. You know, he's not like a kind of prize asset in your team, and it's not not necessarily what he is. But I think he gets a bit forgotten because he because people aren't really sure where, what box to put him in because he's not really a, he's not he doesn't have a decisive pass in him, and he's not a tackler. So people are like, oh, what do we do? He's a dribbler, and he's a, he's a really good dribbler, and he's very good on the ball and very comfortable at you know taking the ball under pressure. And you know, I, I would never claim that Kovacic is like a well you know absolute world-class midfielder or anything like that but he's he's I, I agree with you that he particularly given the amount of praise Jorginho seems to get it's definitely fair and obviously can say it's definitely fair to say that Kovacic gets a bit forgotten about um so yeah I agree with that shout but for me it's it's yeah, <laughs> celebration but it's as Azpilicueta it's as Azpilicueta yeah. and 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 it's 
it's quite apt at the, this week because I don't know if you guys have seen it. Neil Warnock's been been in, in a bit of bother uh, after saying he, he didn't rate him and that he's just basically lucky to win have won all these these trophies with Chelsea and stuff. And um, but I, he's a leader on the pitch. Yeah, you know, he's obviously had a lot of success as captain, but he's I, for me he's the best right back in, in that's ever been in the Premier League. Now, before you freak out about it, think of the, the, the level of competition he's, he's up against. When we did the top five right-backs, certainly from the, uh, of the, of the Premier League history since the year 2000, who was it? Gary Neville, Ivanovic and Zabaleta. Not particularly earth-shatteringly brilliant, fantastic players, but too often I hear, because people like Reese James, People are happy to praise Reese James. And too often I hear from people, from fans that this season and last season, oh, Aspilicueta's finished, isn't he? Yeah, he's, he's, uh, she's probably sell him now. And like, I think there was definitely a time when, four or five years ago, when, when Aspilicueta was, everyone started talking, a bit like I mentioned with Rodri before, everyone started talking, oh, he's underrated, he's underrated. So I, I was a bit reluctant to say this, but in the last few years, it stopped. No one rates, no one seems to rate him anymore. And no one seems to kind of, he just sort of gets, gets ignored. But he's won the Premier League at left-back. He's won the Premier League at centre-back. He's won the Champions League at centre-back. He's a right-back. <laughs> he can play wing-back. And he's an 8 out of 10 every game, or, you know, 7.5 out of 10 every game. Seven, seven. Yeah, there's not, I don't know of a single, like, defend, or, you know, certainly fullback who can give you that level of, you know, beyond the absolute, you know, talking about like Ashley Cole and people. Ben like Davis. Ben Davis, <laughs> who, can, who can give you that. Um, and, and, you know, he, and he does all this without being particularly fast, without being particularly big, without being particularly strong. Mm. You know, I, I, I saw a stat the, uh, uh, this week that apparently, so he's been in the Prem nine years, not a single, he hasn't got a single error leading to a goal. Yeah, I, I think I think he should be taught. No, he's, he's not. He's not Terry Ferdinand Vidic level or anything like anything like that. But I think he sh- I think he should be talked about as as one of the best fullbacks in Premier League history. And I, I think it's he may it may well be the case when he if when he leaves. But mm. I'm surprised more fans don't give more foreign opposition fans don't give him credit. I think if you look at how much you bought him for as well. Yeah, what was it? Seven million. Seven million. Yeah. So I think it's weird because I think it's his unglamorous nature that makes him so endearing, but it's yeah. also what makes him probably underrated. I hundred percent agree with you. Yeah. Mm. So he's not putting in crosses like Beckham and like what Trent and Reese James does. Yeah. He just does his job, and yeah. he's just extremely consistent and reliable. Exactly. Yeah. You you compare ex- perfectly. You compare you compare him to someone like Alexander Arnold. He hasn't got that. You know, Alexander Arnold's brilliant absolutely insane going forward like you know fantastic unique talent and you're right that that will that will help you stand out but just being kind of solid and and ridiculously reliable doesn't really and um it's weird but, if he was in the sort of era of the gary Neville's, well he sort of was slightly so in that generation i feel that he probably would be seen as the best but because he's in a generation where um, managers and tactics emphasize your wing, your fullbacks being mm. on fingers. That's why he probably hasn't got just praise that he deserves. Yeah, he's been caught. He's been caught in the transition, hasn't he? 
but he still stands out as being consistent. He still does a job, like all the things that he's worn, how well he's played in various different positions. He just he just gives his all, leaves his heart on the pitch and everything, and he's just really, really solid and reliable. Fair mm. uh, play, Dave. Right, who have we who's who have we got left? I'll go Arsenal and Spurs. I'll go next. Um so I had Tottenham. Um, as an Arsenal so fan. As an Arsenal Ooh. fan, this was really fun. Um, I think at first I would have gone for um, Lucas Moura and then I thought of Hoybjerg, but the person I've actually decided to go with is Hugo Lloris. I've gone with Lloris. She's going to like you. Let me... I want to say this first. I definitely think he's past his best and I definitely think Tottenham need an upgrade. But what he's been has probably been similar to Aspilicueta. He's just been... Apart until recently, he's just been very solid, very reliable. I think even and recently he's been solid and reliable, yeah, barring, been, barring the game yeah. against Wolves. He's been fantastic all season. Yeah. Well, that's why I still think you need an upgrade. But I think for me, the main thing is, and myself included, a lot of fans don't know that he's actually Tottenham captain. Yeah, literally. I, I think this is one of my best. I think that's what it is, yeah. Because everyone thinks Harry Kane, I, everyone did. Commentators the, do. Yeah, the fact their job is to know the squad. Yeah, yeah. Yes, so for me, the fact that no one knew his captain and he has been how many years has been captain for Ash? A long, old Three, time. Yeah, a long, long, long time. So massive credit I, to him. I think I, I, a lot. I can't even tell you who was captain before. <laughs> Michael Dawson. <laughs> I don't I don't Michael Dawson. I think Ledley King was it. Well, that was oh, I suppose yeah. yeah. Ledley uh, King didn't yeah. retire until like 2013 or something. So yeah. So yeah, I I went for Hugo Lloris. Nice. I, 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 just before, I'll just before you say your piece, Ash. I just say I hundred percent like agree. I think that we obviously we've had conversations about Maurice before, and there's definitely a sense I think from non-Tottenham fans that are uh, you know because I think people know that he's a good keeper, but he comes in for a lot of ridicule from other fans, that, and for years it's just like ah oh, you know he's not you know makes mistakes not, but actually there aren't many keepers who have. have who you know have been at that top level, but like you look at someone like De Gea, has absolutely had greater lows than 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 Hugo Lloris. Perhaps perhaps slightly bigger highs, but you know what I mean. It doesn't it doesn't seem fair that Lloris doesn't he, really he did, get. He did captain honest. a World Cup winning team. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and, that, yeah. and maybe maybe what maybe it's one of these things. You know, if you'd have won the Champions League or something, the image had been there of him holding the trophy, it might have made a difference, but. Yeah, yeah I, I think that's as you know, as much as I'm as you know, as critical as as people are of, of Lloris, I think you're right. I think I think non-Tottenham fans do not give him the sort of his due deserve uh, what he deserves. Yeah, I 100 percent agree with that. I have a list of three here. Lloris is definitely on there. Um, I got Skip on there. Don't know. I feel like we as a podcast we rate him quite highly, but no one else really does at the Andy, moment. Andy Brent. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, Skippy. I uh, got Skippy on there, but my my pick for underrated uh, would actually be Eric Dyer. Hmm. I think that he's actually quite good. Uh, to be honest with you, I think um, it, it's taken him a while to adjust playing in a, uh, as a centre back. But I think it, he's taken to it quite well. He's probably our most solid uh, centre back at the moment. Uh, he has really good distribution, really uh, calm under pressure. He's a leader at the back, speaks multiple languages. Uh, to yeah, he grew up in Portugal, didn't he? Yeah, he speaks multiple languages, which can converse with that back line well. He leads it well. 
uh, obviously we were on the pitch, fantastic in the air, like really good in the air. And I think you can see he, he was injured a few months ago. We've been absolutely awful since he's been injured. No, I, th- I think he's. I think he really is quite underrated. I think obviously people see Eric Dyer's name, they think meme. Let's meme they like that. It's Eric Dyer, Eric Dyer. Yeah, but I mean, I think he's fantastic. Player. When he's when he's on his game, obviously. There's a lot of similarities I see with with David Luiz in that sense because David, you know, in the same way like David Luiz, your mind goes straight to meme, and also similarly, I think probably has really really benefited from being in a in a kind of back three where at the very least you're not because you know you're not you're never going to be this hundred percent solid guy you know you you have to play play to your strengths and he really benefited from having a bit more protection there and I think Dyer is as well and I think you're right there's there's people ignore because of who he is and he's a bit of a you know he winds people up people kind of ignore that actually he's a better player than than they, they than than I, I, I Conte seems to rate him very highly as well. Um, so he's yeah. essentially a world-class defender in that position. Arsenal. So, I've gone with Kieran Tierney. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, okay. with, with him being 24 years of age, <clears throat> obviously he's still got a bit of promise because he had a couple of you know major injuries once joining Arsenal. Um, but he's very versatile. He can play in a back three, he can go into centre-back, he can also pull out wide, he can get forward. But in my eyes, I think he's a bit of a rarity and a bit of a dying breed. Mm. I think that his professionalism on and off the pitch is quite old-fashioned and he has a lot of like leadership characteristics and attributes and that's something that Arsenal massively need at the back. Um, and whether or not, as a club, uh, you know, depending on tactics and formations going forward, the club could either you know, help Tierney actually adopt the cap- captaincy role or it, unfortunately it could be a ball and chain situation where he won't ever reach his full potential. Um, it quite a lot of Philip Lam as well. Mm. And I just think that... It, high praise. Yeah, yeah. Pretty high praise, yeah. I just, I just think, obviously, he's probably got more cards than Philip Lam because Philip Lam didn't get a single card, did he, in his entire career, I don't think. Um, but... Yeah, I just think there's a lot, a lot to to come from Tierney. And he's, you know, 24 going into that, you know, on the verge of going into his prime, so to speak, is the same between what 25 to 28. It's like the prime years. So, yeah, I think he's uh, it's a weird time for him, and also depending on how the club is managed, because it, it could literally sink or swim for Tierney. Because I think he could be that that a major player for the club going forward. Because you look at the squad, it's quite youthful. And in the next maybe four four seasons or three seasons, you could really see that youthful kind of team really gel together to become quite impenetrable. Uh, and I think if he's like a adapted a captaincy role now or going into that, I think he'd be, you know, a modern Arsenal legend, maybe. We'll see. Yeah, I think there's a lot of Arsenal fans who would be more than happy to have him <clears throat> as captain or as the next captain um, from the who, who Who is it at the moment? Is it Lacazette? Lacazette, yeah, after right. Aubameyang left. Yeah, so, I mean, Tierney's a great shout. It's been a weird one with Tierney because I don't think he's been the best. He's, like We've not seen the best of him this season. Mm. Um, but I think it's because the level of our defence has definitely improved. I think having Ramsdale, yeah. Tommy Yasu, Gabriel, Ben White... 
Benjamin White rather. Um, <laughs> so I think on the one hand, we haven't seen the best, but if he does gel, at least there's, like you said, a solid base for mm. the whole defence to be built upon and improved. And you could have that defence for the next three, four, five years. Um, I think another few honourable mentions would be um, Gabriel, the centre-back. Um, yeah. He's just seen him as, as an absolute colossus in that defence. Left-footed, can head the ball, can tackle, can pass. He's a great, great passer playing between the lines. And then probably another one would be maybe Tomiyasu, the uh, right-back. Yeah. Right-back. A lot of Arsenal mm. fans have having a slow, slow affinity towards him. and It's weird. It's weird, sorry to interrupt, because like, I think a lot of Arsenal fans haven't appreciated him since his arrival, but I think every other kind of fan of football or, you know, people, you know, fans of football that support other teams have noticed what a difference he's had already. And it's yeah, kind of like, right. yeah. I, 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 other right backs like Cedric. Yeah, yeah. He's two footed, um, dominant in the air, slots into that sort of third centre back position. Yeah. Um, when our um, midfielders go up and everything. So, yeah, he's, he's really good. But I think Tierney's a great shot. And I think we just hope as Arsenal fans that he can stay fit mm. and he can reach the level that we all know he's definitely capable of achieving. It's a great shot, Rob. I, I, I don't know. I think. TNA isn't overrated, uh, underrated, sorry. I, th- I think he's rated quite highly. Pretty much right. I mean, I, I know I definitely rate him quite highly. I don't know what people do. Yes, maybe since, since his injuries, people have, people have sort of slightly he's gone off. Gone, he's gone under the radar a bit this season. Yeah, I'm maybe this season. But I, I, I also think the same with Gabriel. I think Gabriel gets quite a lot of praise as well. Mm, not from what I feel like I've only seen it from the Arsenal camp. Really, I've not really seen. Yeah, it maybe. That. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I mean, I, I. To be honest, I agree with you, Ash, about about Tierney. I think people generally, if you ask them, go, "Oh, yeah, he's a good player." But Gabriel, I think definitely not. I don't see that from. I you know, I agree. He's he's been because obviously the, the conversation when you talk about Arsenal's centre backs is always Ben White, isn't it? And that's who people think of, or, 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 or Saliba. Um, <laughs> so. Okay, see how this works. I, I, I've been for a while. I've been setting up this um, section called "Quick Fire." Who would you rather take? Okay, it's not a particularly catchy name, but it's very self-explanatory. Now, it's in our it's in our nature to whenever we have the, we like to talk about things and converse about things. We don't. I'm not. Don't necessarily want to ban that, but we'll try and keep it brief, just because it's supposed to be a bit quick fire. And I think it could be a bit interesting that way, rather than having a topic about it so i'm gonna do i'm just gonna do three and then we'll just move and then we'll we'll go on but it's not a case of just say don't just have to say the name and that's it we can have a little chat so i'll just do three now and see where we get to um the first one and the one that inspired this whole idea because i thought cool blimey this is a good question so at their very best just as in a one-off game who would you rather take diego costa or pierre emmerich or bamiang costa or bamiang and I realised as I was saying it, oh, I hadn't yeah. figured, figured out what, what my answer was. Um, Aubameyang, God. It, no, Harry, your rules. Aubameyang, Aubameyang is a better player. I haven't, I've watched more, more of Costa, but I did know, this, in spite of his goals, he was bloody atrocious on the ball. Um, <laughs> ah, I'd probably, I'd probably just go Bamiang, but I, I would through gritted teeth. 
Not happy about it though. He won two titles in three years with us. Son or Mane? Son. Mane. Mane, 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 Mane. Yeah, I'm, I'm Mane as well. So, so go on, defend Son, defend Son over Mane then, Ash, because you're in a, you're in a, you're on your own. Okay, okay. I think he's quicker. <laughs> I think he's quicker. That, Sold. That's it. Next, <laughs> maybe, that's maybe, maybe next obviously, you've set the rules that you know on the you know on a one-off game when they're at the best. Maybe a bit of recency bias has come into it. I think right now, Son's a better player than Mane. I think Mane has not been in top form for about three seasons now. Mm. Um, whereas on the ball, like you know, you've criticised Son on the ball. Before. I've not. Well, I'm not criticised Son on the ball. I think he's a fantastic. Or just or pa- passing. I mean, really passing. Yeah, passing yeah. is the one thing. That is the only thing that I would say Mane has over Son. I think Mane, uh, Son's better finisher. I think he's a better dribbler. I think he's quicker. Mm. I mean, can't take a corner, but Mane doesn't take corners anywhere. So yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd say it's not really much of a and much of a I, better. I, Obviously, I personally... maybe there is some bias there, but. I've personally never seen Mane run 90 yards of the pitch while Burnley players dribble <laughs> run alongside him whilst making no attempt to Mane's tackle. never won a push. He's never done that. <laughs> come on, come on, come on. Harry, Harry makes this big very often. What do you guys think about that goal? Just real quick. I know it's quick fire. Mm, I, don't, I don't know if it's a tough one because obviously... He's against Burnley, no disrespect. It was a good goal. Burnley. Well, I, it's like... Away from your league opposition. I don't know. And maybe, again, this is my bias as an Arsenal fan. Maybe the pride or ego is like, I can't give him any praise. But... It, the amount of praise I give Jack Wilshire for that goal <laughs> against... Was it Norwich? And ironically, oh, I don't. <laughs> Yeah, it's that's it it and but, but I don't mind you not liking it, but the reason you don't like it is so weird. <laughs> Just because it's shinned at the end. It wasn't like, pure. I know it wasn't a pure, but it's it it was it was a great goal. I think there was a lot of hype with this on goal, understandably. Um, but I don't know. It feels like there were so many moments where the Burnley guys could have actually tackled him. But so I don't didn't. know whether it's the brilliance of Son. Or just the not so greatness of the Burnley players. Yeah, but right, right. You're saying it's Burnley, but one thing you can say about Burnley is they're quite solid defensively, and they know how to make a tackle. Right, big rugged guys. If they wanted I mean, to bring some down, they could. The league, aren't they? So if <laughs> they wanted to, tackle, yeah, but they got like five, seven, <laughs> twenty-two games in hand or something. Right. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I'd say they've, they've always been pretty. The defenders are big and rugged. If they wanted to bring some down, they could have done, and they didn't because they couldn't. It's he's too good. It's a good goal. I just think it's a weak push cast. That, that's all my criticism of it is. If it didn't win the push cast and people were, if it won goal of the month, I'd be like, yeah, fair play. That's that's a re- that's a good goal. It's really, you know, well taken and all that. But I think we don't we don't see as many solo goals as well in the Premier League moving forward. Like the last like standalone player that really like dribbles past defenders like they're not there. That just springs to my mind is Hazard. Yeah, so but, maybe, maybe because we don't see it as often, we praise it even more because it's such a rare, rarity. Possibly, yeah. Possibly. He did well to keep his composure, though, towards the end to finish it. So I shall... Yeah, he did because it was a decent finish as well. That's the thing. I'll give him that. Uh, and, the, and the third one for today, uh, Lewandowski or Henri? 
Henri. 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 Yeah, Henri as well. I just thought that'd be interesting because I know Dave, because obviously I know you love, you're you're an Arsenal fan, but I know you love Lewandowski and I thought there might be a bit of recency bias because his goals, the amount of goals Lewandowski scored, bucking blitzes Henri massively. I thought that was going to be closer than it was. No, I think Henri was just on another level. He was just a phenomenon. Lewandowski's outrageous with his like goals and everything with the amount of goals he's got but Henri was just on another level and the yeah. fact that he was cheated from being like World Player of the Year as well cheated <laughs> out of it I'll never forget but yeah no no not even a no. second who, who won it the year Henry. he came second is it like Shevchenko oh. or somebody oh yeah <laughs> someone who shouldn't have won it but I'm not better Shevchenko or Nedved or oh I think it was Nedved bloody Nedved, Nedved. Yeah. yeah that was bizarre do you have any other ones, Charles? Well, I was going to do three, but I mean, I can do a couple more if you want. Let's go up to five. All right, we'll do five. Yeah. Um, Ronaldinho or Brazilian Ronaldo? Ronaldinho. I'd say Ronaldo. Oh, I and this is the the, the whole na- oh, the nature of it is at their very best. Quick fire. Who would you take at their very best? Ronaldo, I think. Oh, no. I, yeah. I, I, lo- I love Ronaldinho mm. and obviously Ronaldinho, Ronaldinho don't have the injuries issues that Ronaldo had but I just, he was just phenom phenomeno el phenomeno but that's a tie that was that was yeah. uh, and then the okay the last one uh, Trent or Robertson Trent Robertson because he's a bit more balanced yeah I'd say Robertson yeah that's why I'm taking Robertson I think Trent's got more going forward, but yeah. but Robertson is is a better all round. I think, I think he's, Trent's he's good. There to, yes, come. To be honest, yeah. You can't he's, defend he's though. Another level. Wow. He'll learn to defend. I, I think he's going to take it to right to the next level. I think he's young. He's fantastic. He's been... Do you think he'll stay right back for the rest? Of his I, I, I think uh, he should put, stay right back. I've he'll had push forward many times. I've had this discussion so many yeah, times. I, How often do you see a, a right back as talented as that? How but, often but, do you see it? But going forward, like there's a reason he doesn't play for England because he can't be trusted in a in a in a not in a non-Liverpool system. I'm not saying that he's he's only good because of the system, but he's so well suited to a, an attacking wing back role. You put him in a back four, he's not a good defender. He's not a good not he's not crap, but he's, he's not just, terrible. He he's a he's a bit of a liability when you play against good teams and you need yeah. him to defend. You would target him if yeah, you he's the Achilles heel. I mean he's like fourth choice for England. I know, I know, we've got a lot of good right backs, but that's still quite damning. Well, I, I think if you have someone who can play that well at right back and get those numbers from right back, leave him at right back because you won't find someone to replace him. Is my opinion. But, he, but he's only he's only get because of the because of the. Yeah. And again, I'm not. I don't think he's only he's only successful because of Liverpool's system. But I think he's so well suited to Liverpool's system that that's the part of the reason why he's. You know, it's from credit to Liverpool. They've identified that they've got this ridiculous guy who's ridiculously good at this role but there aren't many teams that play you know a, a sort such a sort of attacking fullback with an with as creative a license as that it's not just going down the wing it's it's crossing and getting in you know getting involved in the in the center as well so i've watched a lot of Liverpool. uh <laughs> yeah yeah um he's got better defensively he's got a lot better than he used to be uh, and he does, he just kind of drift inside every now and then, anywhere. So I mean, you could have someone overlap. Like, I think like the midfielders overlap him, and he kind of cuts inside into midfield. So I mean, he's utilised in that way. But I mean, the, the crosses, 
just the whipped crosses from that right yeah, hand there. You lose that if you stick him anywhere else, and that is your best attribute. Yeah, I agree. Cross people, from the right talk, side. people talk about putting him in midfield. Yeah, I agree. You don't because no, why? What, you get a, a player is fantastic at crossing and put him in the middle of the park. It's yeah, it's literally the same sort of um, logic as going like, oh, you know, strikers pretty good with his hands. Should probably put him in goal at some point. <laughs> yeah, I've seen him. I've seen him in training. He's actually he's actually really good. <laughs> Try him in goal. He'd be good in goal. A lot better somewhere else. Um, okay, cool, interesting. Plenty more to come on Quickfire. Oh. Who would you rather takes? So, usually we like to cover quite, you know, interesting topics where we can debate and have a bit of a laugh, but occasionally we like to talk about slightly more sensitive topics. Um, in the news recently is the fact that, that there's been a lot of talk about Tottenham's use, Tottenham fans' use of the Y word, which is, for those not in the know, a, you know, a Jewish slur, which Tottenham, you know, Tottenham, Tottenham traditionally a Jewish club, uh, used to used to be insulted by by the word, and they've since reclaimed it and used it, you know, to to celebrate themselves. But obviously, there's a lot of controversy that goes with that, and there's sort of put, you know, put their people are pushing now for for Tottenham to not be allowed to to use the word in, in their chants and their songs and stuff. Um, Ash, you're a Tottenham fan. I am. You're not a Jew, as far as I know. Uh, I am. No, I'm not. <laughs> I am. Um, where do you stand on all of this? Because it's um, interesting with the Tottenham perspective, because it's always mixed. Uh, I think I've always stood on the same uh, on, the, on the same side of this. I remember having a conversation with you, I think last year, Harry, um, when you know all the protesting was happening. And statues were getting pulled down and uh, and the like, and, and you questioned me on uh, my use of that word and how I felt about that word, and I was quite quickly say I don't say it, I don't feel like I should say it. It's not, you know, it, it's it's not something that I would feel is, you know, as a responsible person with like you know mm. high emotional maturity. I'd like to say for others, uh, I, I just wouldn't say it. I, I think the important thing is that. This isn't just coming from the club. This is coming from a large portion of the Jewish community, not just the Jewish community that is connected with Tottenham. Uh, it's coming from outside that. And uh, yeah, I think it should stop being said. But it, it's a it's a tricky situation where it, there's like genuinely no malice or bad intentions meant mm. in what these people are saying. Well, at the same time, you're telling them they're doing the wrong thing, mm. and it's it, it's difficult to tell them to stop when when they they mean it from a place of love. Yeah, uh, but it, it, that doesn't mean that it shouldn't be stopped. But it's just how do you go about it? Because obviously, there's going to be pushback, and there's going to be well, we're not racist, we're celebrating it, we love the Jewish people, mm. but it's the Jewish people that are saying we don't want you to say this anymore. This is a racial slur. This is offensive to us. It is awful. It references back to Nazi Germany. Well, not even Nazi Germany, just Nazis in general, and anti-Semitic people who abused them and mm -hmm. still abuse them on the on a day. So you get these people that have been abused with that word throughout their life, and then they, when they go to a football match, they have to listen to it sung by sixty thousand people. Yeah, 
minus away effects. And it's it's just wrong. Yeah, I've I've I used to be quite strongly in the camp of you know, oh just come on, let let them, you know, let them keep singing it. It's it's you know, it's it's done as you said, it's done in a positive way. That they've they've successfully reclaimed it. It's not quite the same situation, but in a similar kind of way that the N-word has been reclaimed by, you know, you know, people of 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 colour or whatever you want to call it. But I remember this this came up recently, and I've been listening to a few. I, I'm I don't know where I stand on this anymore, because on the one hand, I don't really feel like I, I feel like you're muddying the water when you suddenly say that a certain word is not allowed to be said by some people, but other people are allowed to say it. So it, in some ways it kind of should be, well, look, if, if this is deemed a ridiculously difficult slur, then maybe it should just be banned for everybody. Yeah, but I, I, th I think that there's no one saying that they want to say it. They want the word gone. They, they don't want to, yeah. There's not like a, a group of Jewish people saying, well, we want to be the only people who can say the word. They're no, not, I know. Not so I know. But, but it, it, in some way, it. you know, because obviously the people obviously would would it's understandable to say well it's wrong for Chelsea fans or Arsenal fans to, to say the Y word at Tottenham fans but in some ways they could argue even though they're not even though most of them aren't Jewish because Tottenham fans are using it to celebrate it and then it, you know it is meant in a good way and it's meant to be like you know we're proud of this we're, we're reversing it we're taking your insults and we're making it into a positive thing I mean that's a really powerful message um you know it, it's it's not quite the same as 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 you know, as, as if they were Jewish, but nevertheless could be argued that, well, there's something to say that Tottenham fans should be allowed to say it, but, uh, you know, I don't know. I yeah. don't know where, oh, where the line should be. But I believe there's a there's a large, like, uh, black following of Arsenal right there. Like, you'd agree with that, right? There's there's, there's, there's a lot of, like, coloured and mixed-race people that support Arsenal. That's that, yeah. that, that is a large community. So this is like them repurposing. Well, it's not exactly the same, but it's, you can draw similarities with the entirety of Arsenal's fan base claiming the N-word on that basis and then an entire stadium singing it. Mm. It's still it's still a slur, it's still hurtful, and it's still Honestly, a group of people absolutely. singing it that don't, don't necessarily connect with that word personally, and it'd be wrong. Because yeah. what do you do if you see a, a non-Jewish Tottenham fan or a non-black Arsenal fan saying that word, that reclaimed word. Exactly. And yeah. say, oh, you can't say it, but well, I'm a Tottenham fan, why can't I say it? Or I'm an Arsenal fan. So I think it just needs to be banned because I think you can't then differentiate people's motivation and who should and shouldn't be saying it. I think as a way, sort of a safety thing, I don't think it should be sang in stadiums. Or, yeah, I think... If, they, if obviously people in their private lives want to say that who are like Jewish or black or whatever, that's them. But if it's in the public eye where there's so many people where you don't know the motivation, who's saying it, who should be saying it, it's a bit of a grey area. I think you should just ban it in stadiums. It was interesting to note that when when this 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 has happened, this has been talked about a few times over the years. But the most recent time, last week or whatever, when Tottenham played, I think it took a minute. Into the match before they start, Tottenham fans started started chanting it. There was yeah, a I, large. I, to be honest, though, there was a large portion of the ground that didn't do it. Yeah, did not and as, yeah, and, 
and look, and you know, I, like my, my half my family is Tottenham. I, I I've been to plenty of Tottenham games to know that there's a lot of a lot of chance with that in, and so it's it's all it's it's quite a big. This is this is not to not to say that that the people who 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 don't want who don't want it banned have a leg to stand on, but it's quite a big portion of their sort of identity in some ways that that you're that you're now saying right you're not allowed to you're not allowed to do that. Um, but at the same time, it's just just sing a different song, though. Yeah, you identify with Tottenham Hotspur Football Club. You can identify with any of the songs, not just the one. Yeah. So just choose a different one, one that's not offensive to people that you get that you claim to care about. Mm. If you, if you do care about the people that are upset, then don't sing it. I think it should be about inclusivity as well, because that's quite an exclusive chant in the sense of what I mentioned before. People who are non-Jewish Tottenham fans, if I was there, I'd be like, "Whoa, well, I probably shouldn't be singing this," so I'm probably gonna let them sing it. So it sort of it makes it more exclusive and sort of detaches other people and disconnects and it's like okay well I don't feel I can't sing that so I can't feel mm. part of that and I completely understand the reclamation of it but I think and it maybe it's a bit of a weak like just to make people feel comfortable but I think it sort of muddies the water and I think long term down the line it could probably cause a lot of issues within the Tottenham community let alone for other teams I imagine and you got to remember as well with it being football you know We've spoke a bit like chance before on the podcast and, you know, the way in which, you know, people that have these tickets that go to the games might not be fully educated in these kind of scenarios. So because obviously football's kind of derived from like hooliganism and, you know, earlier sports, like earlier times, mm. it's it's getting more sophisticated. It's getting more kind of, you need to know your stuff per se, because football's on a grander scale and it's on a grand, it's, it's showcased so across the world a lot more. So you more need to be careful. Yeah. Anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Cause everything's on camera or there's always some sort of witness. So people need to be a lot more sophisticated and, more clued up with what's acceptable and what's not acceptable. So you need to, in my eyes, you need to have a, a clear underlying rule, like I'd be saying, moving forward, because otherwise it's just going to fester and it's just going to get, you know, it's going to be a, a ball. It's just going to be an, an elephant in a room, so to speak, that people don't want to talk about until it eventually comes to light in more than likely a very negative way. Yeah. And then that's when, that's when people start to care, which isn't, Fair. There was what happens when you move. Sorry, I was just going to say what happens when you move. So within, so let's say you have it in the football context. What happens when you move that away from the football context? So you've got a young non-Jewish boy who sees a Jewish boy in the street at school or whatever, and then calls him that word, and it's suddenly inappropriate. Exactly. So, but then how do you explain? Oh, within the context, it's football. But actually, out of football, it's not okay. I think it's and then. So, so then you should draw a very simple, clear line that it's not okay ever, and, and that's just yeah. always you can't, you if, can't if it's all okay sometimes and it's all not others, then it should just not be okay. Not yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of what I was trying to say. Like with with football, yeah. a lot of people just use football as an excuse saying, "Oh, well, it's just football, isn't it? Like it's just an away day, or it's just this, it's the heat of the moment kind of thing." That's not an excuse anymore. Like, it's, yeah. 
it's a bit yeah. of a privilege to watch football these days rather than obviously not obviously I it's think... not all it's not all Jewish people that are offended by it either. So I mean you could kind of put it out on the grid. You can see like, you know, Jewish who is, you know, fine with the, everyone saying it, Jewish people who aren't fine with it saying it, normal people who are fine with saying it, normal people mm. who aren't fine with saying mm. it. And I think there's only one way that you can not upset people because everyone else is fine with not saying it, right? So, so everyone's fine with not saying it. But then there's a there's a part that <laughs> is, you know, is upset by it. So, so you should focus on the people that are upset more than the people who don't care either way. You know what I mean? I think there's, I think there's some, I look, I, I just, I think there is something to be said for the concept at least of being able to take, take something that's, that's negative and spin it to the, to, to the point where it's like, I'm literally disarming the people that are trying to hurt me in some ways, like as much as obviously we've got to a point where we'd say with the N word where you just, you can't, no matter how many, how, how much, black people may associate with that word it's never going to not be a slur and it's probably the same for, for jewish people but so i'm not necessarily saying it would apply here but i do think that we shouldn't completely lose sight of of what actually defeats these things in some ways you know if you if you if you if you get, get to a point where you you explain to someone look like you're literally you know the thing that you are now insulting me with i take pride in it's it literally stops i mean i like it's one of those things I, it's not, it's not the same and I'm not com directly comparing it to racial slur, but I'm just saying like, as a, as a redheaded guy, like I had that a lot with my, with my, you know, got taken the piss out of my hair color and obviously it's not the same, but I'm all, all my point there is very quickly in my, in my life, I just, I just decided, well, it's something I'm actually quite <laughs> proud of. So I, when people use it, I'm like, yeah, okay, fine. I'm not necessarily saying that that should directly uh, directly apply but i just think the concept is important to remember sometimes with these that's one way you can go that's one route you can go down with or you can be, feel pride in mm. the things that are being said to you or they can really upset you and hurt you, and hurt you quite yeah. deep uh, i mean it's, it's you know one of two ways look looking at it from like an outside point of view i don't think well i don't i'm just like i say, speak from my, my point of view i i don't think that tottenham embrace that kind of culture as much as they did. I think now that they've obviously gone to a new stadium. Yeah, I mean, the clubs certainly don't. The, the, the clubs moved on, like most of the clubs have been a brand and they've not really inherited the culture that's, you know, been part of the club since, obviously, it's been founded. So I just think it's one of them things where you just got to, like, like we've all kind of agreed, we've just got to draw a line. I think if you try and turn it into... You know, like if trying trying to weaponize this to you know overcome this, it it could be more damaging. I think, especially for the brand, from a brand perspective, because I think that's where it's going. It's not bothered anymore about the the cultural values, I suppose, that that built the foundations of the club. That's yeah. you know that's that's kind of out the window now. I don't like it's it's more about making money and being a brand, but there does need to be an underlining kind of line in the sand that's that's drawn what i what i will say is the um the most i think a convincing thing i saw the other day on this is most and, and this is a, a jewish tottenham fan talking he's saying most uh, most of us jewish tottenham fans have have no problem with not not all of them but have no problem with tottenham fans saying it 
what we have a problem with is obviously the other fans using using the slur but by using the slur ourselves even in a positive light it kind of makes the other fans go okay well we can use it now and that i kind of got as, as much you know as much as obviously there will be people who you know have criticisms for that i think i think that made sense to me in the sense that if you you know ultimately if if you know if the thing is in some ways it's weird that the focus has been on we must stop Tottenham from doing this and, and in some ways it's, it's sort of like it's not Tottenham fans it's Tottenham fans are doing the right thing with it really but I now I sort of get that by putting a stop to Tottenham fans doing it the knock-on effect will probably be you, you won't eradicate it but you'll see probably we'll see less of it in the in the stands so mm. yeah. <clears throat> I, I think the, the best thing I heard about it was on a podcast on the Athletic the Tottenham Hotspur podcast and they basically said, like, um, if, if you looked at this, say, in 20 years' time, the Y word has been totally eradicated, right, from Tottenham. And then you'll be talking to like, some kids or something, and you'll be like, oh, yeah, well, it used to be that Tottenham used to chant a racial, hate-filled slur constantly at every game. And then the kids will turn to you and say, what, was this, like, the 1950s, the 1960s? You're like, no, it's like 2020, because mm. that's just that's just how out of touch it is to still be using language like that on a such a grand scale. It's it's a weird thing to think about. But but what but would the, what if the Jewish, what if specifically the Jewish fan? Because I, I I get what you mean, and I think that's probably true. But at the same time, when we have this is this is why I think it's it's silly to in I believe to segregate you, you a word is either banned for for me a word is either banned for everybody or or it's fine for everybody I think it's yeah. silly when you get obviously culturally that doesn't that's not always the case but I think lawfully it should be but we have a we have a situation now where you know every person of color can can say the n word and and that's fine and if you're not that's 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 heinous and and that culturally makes sense, but doesn't structure it. So, you know, I get what you're saying is we probably will look back and go, wasn't it mad that everyone chanted the Y word? But we live in a, we live in a world where the N word is both a term of endearment and the biggest insult you can give a person. So it, we're already living that right now. And, you know, I, I do, I don't necessarily disagree with that, but I just think we need to get to a stage where forget all this dividing it between people. It's either, it's, it's, if it's for everyone or it's for no one has to be that way. And they've got to start actual punishments, and that includes punishing Tottenham for using it. I think we should punish away fans for singing it. Um, <laughs> we should punish Tottenham fans for singing it as well. And I think they already are doing it. Investigation. I know we talked about this, David. It's punishing people for chanting Rent Boy Chelsea. <laughs> so, so why not? Yeah, so if they've done that, then, then surely doing it for the railway makes sense as well. Thank you very much once again for joining us. Uh, feel free to let us know what you think about the Y word controversy, what Tottenham fans should or shouldn't be doing. Feel free to let us know uh, on Twitter or on Instagram. Both of our handles there at Edge of the Box Pod. See you again next week. Bye bye.